0: and the key lessons we've learned along the way about generating passive income. The things we discuss in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice and we recommend you reach out to a licensed professional advisor who can help you with your unique circumstances. Enjoy the show! We're always talking about investing and we understand that is why so many folks follow us. But we do like to broaden things out and keep life interesting, so we're going to do a mini-series on the 4F's model for life. Fun, fitness, finance and philosophy. Money is a means to an end for many of us, and while it can help to express who we are, we think at some point all of us should take a look at what makes for a successful life, whether that's as a single person, a parent, a mentor or simply a student of life. So we hope you enjoy this series. It's the 4F's model for life. Fun, Fitness, Finance and Philosophy with me, Pete Warden and Stephen Moriarty. Cheers. G'day. Welcome to the Low Rates, High Returns podcast with me, Pete Warden. I'm here as always with Stephen Moriarty. G'day, Steve. How are you, mate? I'm really good. So today, the second part in our 4Fs mini podcast series. So the 4Fs, Fun, Fitness, Finance and Philosophy. So today, Steve, we're going to talk. A bit further about the key characteristics that make for a successful balanced life before we go on uh, next week to start going through the four f's individually or in turn so um, today we're going to talk about thought curiosity persistence and planning so you're good to go with all of that
1: absolutely kick off we're ready. Well
0: we, should be well, we should be well planned, I guess, uh, if we're following the characteristics. So, all right, It's a mess. So, <laughs> that's right. Practice where you preach. So um, I guess uh, the, the thing I've always found with my personality type, and this, this goes all the way back to when I was a little kid at school, is that I get really excited uh, and focused on one thing an awful lot. I remember when I was at junior school, for some reason or other, that one of the kids was into chess. And for about six months or a year, I absolutely loved it. I was so obsessed with it. But then I think that's just a pattern that's repeated as I've gone through life. I think when I was at university, I was exclusively focused on having fun and nothing else. There was no certainly no contemplation of uh, of, uh, finance or fitness at that point (laughs) in life. But then, you know, as a Went through, uh, finished my backpacking years. I got into fitness, uh, ran a couple of marathons and so on. And it was only sort of at that point that I suddenly thought, well, gee whiz, I better start thinking seriously here about a career. And it was at that point that I really got focused on uh, finance. Um, so like I mentioned on a previous recording, I used to go up to the library and just sweep all of the, uh, the personal finance and investing books off the shelf and go through them. So I guess a, a bit about the 4F's model, really. Um, the idea that uh, it's um, it's a bit of a fuzzy or a loose concept in some ways, but it's just to give us a mental model or a framework so that we're not just exclusively focused on one area of our life. We're actually having some kind of a balance and we we can have some goals and planning for each of the four Fs. And, of course, the philosophy element is the way in which we bring it all together.
1: Basically, like you, I, I get this intense passion for you know, certain things, I sort of think to myself, oh, you know, this is what I'm going to do forever. And then it sort of goes, uh, no, it's not. And like you say, after six months, the the fire dies pretty quickly, and then it's on to something else. And, and it's funny, you know, because at the time, I think to myself, this is certainly it, you know, this is really what I really like. Um, the only thing I'm, I'm sort of done for 20-odd years, it's it's the finance part, is the investing. But part of the reason why I like that is because I can integrate that with my interest in politics and economics and that sort of stuff, and then I can integrate that again into the four Fs. And if you know about the type 7s, what you know is that we are big, we're macro people, you know, so we, we're not that good on the detailed stuff. But we're really good at the the bigger, broader stuff. And so it, it, it gets it gets back again to what we, we were talking about in the last two episodes, which is first of all, you've really got to find something that suits your personality type. And that's where the you know the philosophy comes in. And the second part is you've got to realize that all of it's a work in progress and you just update everything that goes on in your life according to what's going on. I think I sort of touched on it a little bit last week by saying we don't really realise how how little control we have over our lives and how things affect our decision-making. And, you know, you get these personal black swans where one event or decision happens and it just completely sends your life on a different path. Um, so, you know, it, I'd sort of say it's about... Um, it's a bit like the efficient market theory. You know, it's really good in theory, but in practice it's completely different and you've, you've got to remember that to keep updating it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that is actually a very interesting point. I, I, I can look back at a couple of key decisions I made in life and your life just goes off at a completely different uh, tangent and then the, the end point or where you get to five or 10 years down the track is so different from what you might've had in mind previously that it makes you wonder about the, the concept of planning. So, so, so I guess that is one of the reasons that why all of this is a work in progress Uh, for one thing, because, you know, what is good for you when you're age 20 or 30 might be very different when you're 40 or 50. So you do need to adjust course as you go, but that's where having some kind of a system or some rigidity is important while at the same time being open and flexible. I think if you haven't already done our Enneagram assessment, which um, is the nine personality types, it's well worth doing because it just helps you. It's it's really a framework for just understanding your own behaviours. Um, I think I look back on my professional career and in every job I ever started, in the first year, I was always really excited. You know, new people, new things to do, new pubs to go to, you know. Uh, but then, you know, you you often find with our personality type that the, the buzz wears off. And then by year two, you're starting to think, well, I've done all this before. And then year three, <laughs> you're looking you're for, new, for <laughs> <laughs> a new challenge. Yeah. So uh, and that, that's really where the Enneagram fits in. It just helps you to have an understanding of what makes you tick. And therefore, it helps to explain Your uh, behavior patterns as you go through life. I think, um, well, let's look at some of these key characteristics then, Steve, of the 4Fs model. I think, um, so number one, being thoughtful. Um, I think um, there's a number of reasons why being thoughtful is important. I think we've all done this thing where if you read a book, let's take uh, finance as an example. Uh, You read a book on day trading or you read a book on Investing in commercial property or whatever it may be, and then you come away going, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the way yeah, to yeah. do it. Uh, there's there's a few reasons why I think being uh, thoughtful is important, and not just um, you know don't just take what you read as read, so to speak. Because uh, a few reasons. One is things change over time. So what what worked twenty years ago may not work quite as well today. Um, a second key reason is um, well the, the people writing. Uh, books well they may simply have different goals from you or they might have a different starting point in life or they might have a different personality type so you still got to be thoughtful and not just accept everything that you read at face value I think you know we've all done it and I see it very often with people they they come across a new theory and they you know that's it I've googled it and that's the that's the answer whereas the reality is the world is much more fluid than that and I think another reason is simply just finding something that works for you and your personality type. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, talk to us a bit about um, the importance of thoughtfulness.
1: I think um, for me, I, I'll relay a, a, a story first, which I think is um, quite interesting and demonstrates what I'm trying to get a, get across. I suppose. First of all, you talk about um, you know we talk about facts, and this is a fact, and that's a fact, and as you know, Pete, you get science changes about every 10 or 20 years to, you know, potatoes are good for you. No, 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 they're bad for you. No, 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 they're good for you again. Oh, no, they're bad for you again. And you get these things where really what, as you sort of said before, what was true 20 years ago is no longer true now. Um, So I've always sat down and tried to do two things. The first one is read widely. I've always thought, that that's the thing that stimulates your thinking the other reason why that's really important is because if you don't if you don't have a good grasp of the subject the subject matter whatever it is and it doesn't mean you have to you know read a book on every single thing in your life but the important stuff like fun fitness finance and philosophy then it gives you a framework for you to think about um, and to think within, and I'll, but I'll just give you this demonstration. My favourite author is a guy called Stephen Jay Gould, who is uh, has passed on now. He uh, he died around two thousand and one, I think. And um, he was a paleontologist, and he's quite famous because he started this. Uh, he with another guy uh, developed punctuated equilibrium in evolution, which was a real uh, revolution in the in the science of it. He got. Um, a really bad form of cancer when he was about forty or forty-one, and when the doctor called him in and he said, "Look, you know, you really have this really a- aggressive form of cancer, so it's not very good." And he said, "Okay, well, you know, give me the give me the details." And he said, "Well, the average the average um, span afterwards is eight months, so you know, you're probably going to see about eight months." Anyway, he sort of went away and he was quite sort of dejected. And he then said, okay, well, I'm a scientist, so I'm going to investigate this in a scientific way. And what he said was when he looked at all the criteria where he went, okay, I'm relatively healthy otherwise, I'm a 40-year-old male, um, you know, I've got this, I've got that. Oh, most of the people who died eight months later were, you know, old anyway or so, in other words, what i Trying to point across is once he got a bit more granular, he looked at the facts and he thought about it. He actually said, "Well, actually, I mightn't do too badly." Now he went on to live another twenty years, um, and it, he again got cancer, and uh, and that's when he died at about sixty-one. But my point being, he he didn't just accept what he was told, and he actually went out and purposefully thought about what was going on and so that's where the stuff like the nine types can be really important and the the reason why is because I always say you know the things I really hate are those memes where they say you know um he who hesitates is lost and it's like right okay so I've got to be more aggressive ah but fools rush in where angels fear to tread oh okay well that'd be stupid if I rushed in so a lot of those things you really need to craft for the situation and also for your own personality and what is suitable for you. And you know, like we sort of say, you know, everybody apparently needs to meditate. Well, no, because I don't think that's actually suitable for everybody. And so they're the sort of things I think you need to have a think about. And to do that, you've got to find space in your life to either read or and, and and as I said before, I think you, you can't really just sit down and think about it in your head. You really need the facts and the framework, and that comes from reading about the subject matter.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're, we recommend thinking for yourself. I, I think another thing to watch out for is vested interest. You know, we've mentioned before you know, the food industry, you know, the food health organisation might say you need so much meat and you need so much protein and so much sugar, but look, you yeah, you know, it doesn't i'm not saying it's wrong i'm just saying you've got to be careful about where the advice is coming from there there was a thing years ago about um self-managing pensions which we do in the uk and also you know we self-manage our superannuation in australia but there was a big um a, quite a heated debate uh, i remember some years ago and uh, we might get a couple of the uh, the fund managers on in a future podcast but uh Yeah, people used to say, well, look, if you don't have the expertise or the time, you mustn't self-manage your own money. And I was a bit like, well, I don't know, it depends really. But of course, you know, somebody who manages a pension fund is going to say that because that's in their best interest um, to do so. But uh, I found the benefit of managing my own money is, uh, well, there's there's infinite benefit and it's not all financial. You know, you're getting control, uh, you're getting choice, you're learning as you go. So, I think uh, thinking for yourself is important because the advice that you get is not always in your best interest or works best for you. So, uh, so thoughtfulness, I guess, one of today's key characteristics. Yep. Uh, Secondly, and a close cousin of thoughtfulness is curiosity. I think um, successful people have a a certain level of curiosity or well of curiosity that they can draw on. I'm thinking of there are certain um, pursuits in life, like, for example, chess that we mentioned. But if you took something like, I don't know, fishing or golf, you know, you can never be, uh, you can never master every aspect of those games. So there's almost this constant search for answers, and I think that is a that is a key characteristic of the 4Fs model is to maintain a level of curiosity because you never know everything, and you tend to change, and the world tends to change around you, and in fact. In some ways, the world is changing quicker these days. So a level of curiosity, another key characteristic.
1: Yeah, it, I think that's the um, most successful people, whether they're sports people or philosophers or scientists or, you know, chess masters or whatever, even business people, understand, and this is a, like you say about the four Fs, we sort of dispel, um, dispel the, get the word right, Stephen, distill them down to saying, these are the things, these characteristics we're talking about now are the, are the, the things that really make successful people regardless of what field of endeavour they're in. And uh, it, I, it often strikes me that, you know, I, uh, we write the Friday tips and stuff and it's always like, well, you could talk to Roger Federer about tennis and you could talk to, you know, Tommy Emmanuel, a great guitar player, And you'd probably find the principles are the same. And one of them, you know, like, first of all, it's thought, okay, well, you've got to think about the guitar and how to manage it and, you know, the strings and all that sort of stuff. And the same with tennis. And curiosity is another one because most of the time, and I I remember reading this years ago where the guy said, you know, we tend to sort of say, well, for, um, for every question there's an answer. And what he said was he he inverts that and says, well, for every answer, there's an actually another question. And I found that too, and it, it it can be a bit it can be a bit infuriating because you tend to go, you know, why, 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 why? And you, you get to the point where you know you, you feel like you're going around in circles. But the idea, the, the general principle is that your curiosity should lead you, first of all, down a path where you think about things. But also generally just saying, I'm curious about, you know, um, fishing or tennis or guitar and just being that sort of open minded about most things really leads you, I think, to be a lot more thoughtful simply because you're open to ideas. And I, I've found as I've gotten older, I'm a lot less um rigid as i used to be or even certain as i used to be when i was you know younger and actually probably really arrogant about some things and you often i've often found now where i don't really make that many judgments anymore in a, in a whole raft of things i just sort of think oh well that's the way it is and a lot of it is involving the way people do things because because i've got that nine types model what I do is think about people and then go, "Oh well, yeah, well, people, you know, people do that because he's a subtype one, or you know, yeah, Bob will do that because he's a type four. So, it it also, it it's also beneficial just for your general level of calmness, if you know, if I can put it that way.
0: Yeah, because there's a lot of, uh, especially with the advent of social media, there's a lot of different views out there and you <laughs> drive yourself mad if you tried to uh reconcile all of it um, i think that's true though i mean you think think back to a lot of the stuff you were absolutely certain about when you were younger and that uh, you know all the way from your you know political views yeah. to you know the best way to be an investor or you know what your general interests in life are i think uh i've just recalled when i was at university i think um I used to live with a house of lads and we had a sort of uh, gentleman's bet, you know, who who would be the first to get married, who would be the first to have kids, you know, and we were all absolutely adamant it wasn't going to happen. But, uh, you know, if you fast forward, um, uh, it took took a long time, but we eventually all got there in the end. You yeah. know, it just goes to show, you know, life changes as as you go through. I think so. Just to recap then, the four F's model, uh, fun, fitness, finance and philosophy, it's, it's a mental model and a way you can populate that quadrant the idea is to give yourself uh, some goals and a balance across all areas of your life instead of being unbalanced and focused exclusively or too heavily on one area Uh, so uh, the next uh, characteristic and I think this is probably the hardest of today's characteristics uh, is the persistence uh, the ability it is for us (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that's right the ability to continue with an activity so yes as you Rightly uh, implying that the, the type seven uh, personality, adventurer, uh, people who like experiences, persistence is very difficult because at some point you're going to get bored. Yeah, uh, the type seven personality doesn't, you know, doesn't really like pain. So the easy solution is just to move on. You know, yeah. we've seen that in the uh, professional career. If a job gets too difficult or too boring, well, just move on to the next. And uh, you know, I think I've mentioned before the number of times I've moved house over the years I just get bored of stuff and move on so persistence is difficult but I think um, if you look at um, a cross-section of successful people uh, and the ability to persist or continue with an activity is very important I think certainly if you take the example of starting a business you know it's it's very very difficult raising capital um, you know when people don't believe in your idea or you know if cash flow is tight you know if you haven't got that level of persistence just never giving up and seeing the uh, the problem through you're just not going to succeed that's a fact but I think there is another side to this and that is um, uh, something called the sunk cost fallacy I think you need to sometimes uh, you know basically yeah. don't be a bloody fool about it because <laughs> you know there is there's sometimes you aren't you are just not going to succeed you know if I persisted at being an NBA basketballer Uh, six foot tall and uh, with no skill it's just not going to happen so at some point you you have to not be a bloody fool about it and know when to give up so
1: I guess this is where
0: systems or methods are important
1: Steve. Yeah it's uh, funny you should mention about the basketball because these days tennis players are all like six foot four six foot five footballers are the same you know and it's funny because there's there's been a few basketballers and the name escapes me but i think uh there was one guy who was really short and i mean really short at about 5 foot 9 5 foot 10 who was you know like they sort of went you know billy give it up you're never going to make it dude and he did but these days i think it's a lot harder because now they sort of screen out people um who don't fit that certain mold and so you get a you do get a certain type of, um, you know, every sport these days seems to be dominated by tall people. You know, all the tennis players are like really tall. All the footballers. Yeah, are I really
0: think. Tall. Uh, yeah, Mugsy Bogues was five foot three. Yeah, I yeah. Think he's, prob- he's probably the example. I think I'm showing my age here, but if you go back far enough, um, uh, Steve Bontrager wasn't that tall, but there was an English American guy called Alton Bird, and he, he was no taller than that. You know, you'd look at him, you wouldn't say basketball player but some people even with that height disadvantage just turn it into an, an advantage so I guess uh, persistence uh, for people like that where they've probably been told look you're not going to make it to the top flight because you're not tall enough um, obviously you know for
1: them it worked. Yeah yeah I think it's the um, like you were saying you again the reason why the ph- the philosophy and the the nine types is really important is because I as a seven like you said before I can play guitar and I can, I can say to myself, I'm going to, you know, I really like to play this song. So I'll get it to about 70 or 80%. Then it starts to get tough. And that's when I start to, you know, go, Oh, I think I'll just play some slide guitar or, you know, I think I'll just play some classical guitar, which is my way of saying, Oh, things are getting difficult and that's painful. So I'm just going to go and do something else. Now, what I have to do is say to myself, all right, Steve, you can't do anything until you get this song down. Um, and I have to just continue to bring myself back to this idea of being persistent that, you know, it's not just about the type sevens. It's also about, you know, some people who are achievers, for example. You know, you you the, the key is being if you hit a rough spot but you know that that's your goal or that that's what you want to achieve, then the persistence will certainly help. So it's, it's one of the reasons why, you know, having a system or having a method is really important. And, you know, like investing, we teach the eight principles. As I sort of say to people, look, it doesn't work every single time, but, it you know, it works well enough over a long time that you'll be successful. But like a lot of investors, you hit a sort of rough patch or something and you tend to, you know, want to change or do something um, and I think it's, um, what was that thing, you know, that saying about, oh, keep going sort of thing, like, like when you're walking through mud or something or, you know, but just sort of saying, look, you've just got to persist, you find a new area and then things change and, you know, you, you get on your way again.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, it's um, I, I think per- persistence and uh, and certainly for people who are looking to go out on their own and be an entrepreneur or start a business. I mean, it's probably you know pos- possibly the world's biggest lesson. You've just not you you mustn't give up. Yes, but, but uh, I think there is there is an element there of just having a, a just an element of common sense. And if just because you've spent a lot of time on something doesn't mean it's it's um, worth continuing down that route if it's a dead end. So uh, I think, yeah, I think it was Felix Dennis who said, "Just don't be a bloody fool about it. You know, you know, don't don't continue with something to the death if it's um, not worth persisting
1: yeah. with." Um, um, so I think um, just on that, just on that, Pete. Just thinking, you know, lots of people want to open a business, and if you look at the statistics, most businesses fail. And it's interesting if you sort of say that to people at the start and say, "Well, what business are you doing? Oh, I want to do a coffee shop or something." And it's a, what you have to say is, "Okay, well, what makes your coffee special?" Or you know, why would I visit your shop? Um, hence, the reason why you know rent is really expensive in shopping centres because you've you've got a natural advantage if you're in a shopping centre because you've got lots of people. Whereas if you're you know in suburbia or You've got a corner store or something like that. Then it's a lot. It's going to be a lot harder. And you find people who are passionate about something and and try to turn it from a hobby and a passion into a, in a into a business and fail. And it's really because they're you know they that's a case where the persistence is not going to work. Not because of something you're doing wrong but simply the structure of what, you know, like there's five coffee shops in the area. Creating another one is not going to, you know, it's not going to help. So it's a really important part, like you say, persistence, but at some stage you got to go, as you just said, you got to say, well, hang on, is this actually, you know, and you get that with stocks. You know, if a stock goes down, you get to the point where you go, hang on, do I really need to keep putting money in this thing? And that's why we talk about ETFs and you know country indexes, because you can persist because you you you're you know you've got a high probability or a high level of confidence that it's not going to go broke or it's not gonna stay down. So that's the important bit. It's it's still being persisting, but being level headed rather than being pig headed about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think actually on that point of uh, people switching from employment across to doing their own thing. Uh, good read on that, the e myth by Michael Gerber. It's an old book now, but a lot lot of it holds true. You know, um, I think we're trained, many of us, to be employees and we've got an employee mindset. And then it's very difficult to go across to the other side of the fence where you've got to be the salesperson, the accounts team, uh, you've got to run operations, you know. Uh, I think it's challenging. There's probably a distinction to be drawn there as well between somebody who's really just becoming self-employed, maybe as a contractor or as a one-man band, and somebody who's genuinely Trying to raise capital, build a team—you know that—that that is a whole other skill set, and yeah. it, it, it requires a whole different level of intensity and persistence yep. from just from somebody who's going on to essentially contract out their time, which is somewhat easier to do. Um, so, final uh, characteristic for today, Steve is on planning. So this is another vexed question because there must be plenty of people who've gone through life without really planning anything. Uh, They just work it out. (laughs) They they work it out as they go. Uh, I imagine somebody like uh, Richard Branson or somebody would come under that bracket. But, um, you know, it's not like they sit there in front of a a planning manual, which Gerardimer does it anyway, and uh, map out their day. But um, I think um, a certain level of uh, planning and preparation can certainly be a key characteristic. One of the things that we should have learned from, you know, global pandemic is that there is there's a lot of stuff that comes along that's totally not predictable, um, and you can't really plan for. It. But um, as Howard Mark said, you can't plan, but you can prepare. And there is uh, there is this uh, mixture of skill and luck as you go through life that we've talked about before. Uh, so I, I think um, planning is an important thing, and certainly the four Fs model is a, a mental model. It's not rigid. Um, but it just it gives you some level of flexibility. But just having uh, some goals and some sort of loose plan or or, le- or some kind of goals to work towards, I think that that is an important characteristic while recognising that the future is quite unpredictable. Yeah, I think, again, it,
1: you know, look, <laughs> I don't think I've ever played a bloody thing in my life, um, even though I do it in my head um, a lot. But as I've gotten older, I've also, this is my own opinion, planning is sort of useful, but it's useful for a whole uh, raft of reasons that we all don't agree with. So some people might say, oh, well, it gives you, you know, um, it gives you a structure. Other people might say it just makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing if I'm writing it down. Um, Some people say, well, I like to write down what I want to achieve, and therefore I can, you know, work backwards from there. I've, well, I've always been a little bit sceptical because I've always sort of said, and as you mentioned before, well, you know, who had COVID in their nineteen, their two thousand and eighteen plan? You know, like as I said at the time, you know, who had their GFC in their investment plan in two thousand and seven and two thousand and eight? You know, so um, that, and uh, as a, an ex bureaucrat you know, we'd we'd spent all these years planning this and planning that and always planning. Then the GFC comes along, that throws that out the window. Then you get a change of government, that throws that out the window. And it's just this constant, it's become a bit of an obsession, you know, where you're doing a lot of planning but you're not doing much, you know, doing. Um, As you know, we talk about thought principles and action principles, you know, and the idea is, look, there's two of them. You know, you, yes, you can plan and think about things, but you've got to get around to actually doing it. Um, and so the other point, which we mentioned right at the start, is this idea about control over your life. You know, you you tend to think you've got a lot of control, but generally I, I think we'd be sort of, we'd be a bit shocked if we realised how little control we actually had over our lives, particularly if you interact in business And even just the the really simple things, you know, like I'd sort of say to people, it's hard to get people to understand environmental problems when they turn the tap on and the water comes out. They turn the light on, the electricity gets on. Well, where's the problem? You know, it's only when you turn the tap on and the water doesn't come out, you go, now, you know, now there's a problem. Oh, it's a water shortage. Oh my God, we need to do something about it. So you've got to plan. But you've just got to, again, like all of these principles, you've got to update them with the facts and keep them flexible. Um, you know, the persistence, all of that sort of stuff marries it together and it's just a continuous sort of moving feast, if I can put it to you that way.
0: He's a uh, a very sort of... Um I, I, I would hesitate to use the word hippie, but he's effectively a hippie. Right. He lives up in, uh, in the Gold Coast uh, hinterland there, and he does um, things like magnesium treatments, and um, ah, he's, right. he, does a, he does a thing called tri-breath, which um, I found very useful in terms of breathing and exercising. And he's, he's he always stresses the importance of things like flexibility and stretching, and he said, as you said, um, it's only when people get injured or get hurt that's when they turn to him. You, you yeah. can try and tell people before they injure themselves, and they're not interested. You know, uh, I think we mentioned before, you know, that you know sometimes things like marathon running can be terrible for your knees, but um, people don't really—they just don't pay any attention until it happens to them. So yeah. I think um, on, on the planning point, I think certainly fitness is one area where you can do some planning. Uh, because you can choose what exercises you do and you can choose your diet. Yeah, uh, I think the same is true of philosophy. You can choose what to do or how to spend your free time or spare time uh, by reading and exploring different points of view on your own. Uh, I do think some personality types find the idea of planning to be something of a constraint and therefore they naturally shy away from yep. it. Uh, so you don't need to be too rigid, but really just having some level of planning and uh, being able to populate the 4Fs model, I think is a useful exercise. So I guess those are the the key uh, characteristics of the 4Fs that we've now covered over the past two episodes. So next week, we'll start to delve into each of the 4Fs in turn a little bit deeper over the coming weeks. But there's certainly plenty of um, food, uh, food for thought there. I can't even get the words out. But uh, obviously, as we can see already, we're all you know, we live different lives with different ages, different personality types. So to some degree, Steve, uh, the 4F's model has to be
1: something that is unique to you. I think we sort of both hit on the idea of we've done a lot of finance stuff and we sort of talk to people and say, you know, like I'm at 58 and you're at 43 and our experiences are sort of similar, but we we've both gone down sort of different life paths in in our careers and stuff but the the idea was to sort of say to people uh, and I can tell you at 58 you know when you retire and I sort of consider myself myself retired you do have to say well okay now I've got a bunch of money but now what do I do and so this is where the four f's I think is really useful because you can actually put some structure around okay well what's important okay well if I'm going to enjoy my money I need to be healthy right okay I need to think about my fitness I need to you know I need to spend time being philosophical um, you know whether that's thinking about fitness or finance or family you know those sorts of things it's again just this idea of what we talked about I think last week or the week before Pete where you know just because people are really wealthy doesn't mean they've actually got a you know, a happy and successful life. It's basically, you know, I, I I related the story I think with Obama, where in foreign policy he said, you know, how do you approach it? And they said, just don't do the dumb stuff, you know. And you sort of think that's basically a lot of a lot of stuff. You know, like if you if you're in fit if you're in fitness, well, don't overtrain. You know, don't do dumb stuff. Don't try and lift too much weight and you know hurt yourself. So it's just developing that plan for everybody but keeping it flexible enough as you said at the start it's a bit sort of fuzzy and a bit loose by just adapting it as you go along
0: yeah certainly true in finance you know you, you, we live for a long time so don't do anything stupid spend less than you earn yeah, yeah. plenty of opportunities are going to come along so i think uh, Yeah, that could be uh, maybe the name for the miniseries, Don't Do Any Dumb Stuff. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, brilliant. Uh, Thanks for today, Stephen. And we will come back next week where we'll delve a little deeper into the four Fs. Thanks for joining. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to know more, you can download a free chapter and extra bonuses from our new book, Low Rates, High Returns. Just visit www.lowrateshighreturns.com forward slash book to download your free copy. The things we've discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice and we recommend you reach out to a licensed professional advisor who can help you with your unique circumstances. Stephen and I are both on LinkedIn and Twitter so do reach out and connect with us. And finally, it'd be great if you could subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps others to find the show. Now take care and invest wisely. Cheers.